This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it's Monday the 11th of December. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and can you all stop jingling my bells? Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we slice up the UK press like a chef at a carvery buffet. Load up your plate with the mail's boiled spuds, grab a spoonful of greens from the Guardian, make some room for the sun's crispy breasts and overcooked legs, and then lather the whole lot in old-school gravy from the Daily Star. We're out every weekday for your jokey, newsy delight, so you can listen to paper cuts while you traipse around the Christmas shops looking for presents before necking a bottle of Advoca and ordering everything online. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Not another one. Will the Tories get a new leader before the January sales? Mad, bad and 90210. Is everyone in Hollywood completely bananas? And don't do office do's? Top tips for the office party, even though you don't want to go. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we shot the Christmas front cover in July and you can still see Santa sweating. I'm Miranda Sawyer and joining me on the show today is comedian and studious celebrity observer, Gronya Maguire. Hello, Gronya. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> and making her debut is host of Pod Save the UK and diligent news watcher, Coco Khan. Hello, Coco. Hello. News is very generous. <laughs> news botcher. How's that? <laughs> yeah, news botcher is good. So what do we have on the front pages today? Coco, what do we have? So on the front page of the Telegraph today, we have Prime Minister under pressure to amend Rwanda plans. There's a lovely photo as well, isn't there? There's a lovely photo of Nigel Farage drinking some bubbly wine, which is very often brand for him, right? I'm yeah. sure if, if one of us was doing it, it would just say champagne socialist. But um, <laughs> here we go. The Times are going with the same thing. So they've got we will win legal battles on Rwanda, say officials. Again, smiley picture of uh, Nigel Farage. The Guardian has it again. Rival Tory tribes threaten Sunak authority over Rwanda's scheme. And finally, on the eye, same. Sunak fights for his future amid growing threat from Tory right. Okay. Grania, what have you got? Well, so the Daily Mail covering... The big story, whether mm. the crown is fact or fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are they going to sort this out for us? <laughs> fact or fiction? Oh, I can't know. And they've got a lovely picture of Princess Diana, but is the real Princess Diana or the actress playing Princess Diana? <gasps> you Who have knows? to buy the newspaper to, to find out. Yeah. <laughs> and that their main story is... Um, the Tory MPs enraged as BBC star signs Lovey's letter attacking Rwanda policy. And the headline is, put a sock in it, Lineker. Yeah, man, Lineker. There's Good. another lovely picture of Farage, though, isn't there? Lovely picture of Nigel Farage sipping what must be English sparkling wine. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Never champagne. Yeah. Uh, then the Daily Mirror, they have Sunak on the brink, lame duck for Xmas, and a picture of Rishi uh, leaving number 10 and a lovely Christmassy wreath on the door, but not much Christmas cheer for him, I presume. No. Nope. The Sun also covering the big story. I'm a celeb, now get me back 
in the jungle. Hello. Hello. Have you seen what they did there? Yeah, they're very clever. So that's Nigel Farage with his glass of sparkling English wine, or maybe English cider, we don't know, Mm. uh, suggesting that his popularity in the jungle means a return to, uh, not a return, he's never bloody been in Westminster, and Mm. a new career in Westminster is imminent. And then, once again, Daily Star covering the stories other newspapers are too scared to cover. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. All right, good joke. What is the what is the joke about? Solar storms from outer space could cripple Britain's rail network. Say, enemies of the podcast, <laughs> boffins. Boffins again. Oh, oh my God. goodness. So space is what's ruining the uh, uh, the trains. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Right, look, shall we talk briefly about some of those um, headlines? Rwanda, again, yes. nobody's happy with Rwanda, are they, Coco? No. So there's a bill that's set to be voted on today, the, the Rwanda bill, and both the left and the right of the Tories are going to argue against it. Right. Going well, right? So Sunet's got this uh, upcoming conversation at midday. He's dreading it, I'm sure, because he needs to kind of get everyone on side to support this Rwanda plan. He needs the Rwanda plan to work so he can say that he did a thing and achieved it and accomplished it, which so far he's not really been able to say. So the fight, guns at dawn or midday, should we say, is between the moderate One Nation Tories funny saying that, isn't it? Because I'm like, who are you? Haven't seen you for a while. (laughs) They've they've woken up. They think that the Rwanda plan would go too far um, and it overrides the Human Rights Act and it's just not a good look internationally. However, they are up against the Common Sense Group and the European Research Group and they don't think that uh, the Rwanda plan is going far enough, that it guarantees too many rights to the uh, people seeking asylum. So we don't know what's going to come of it. They've already had this policy knocked back by the High Court. You do kind of wonder when this is going to end, this circus, but Sunak's got nothing left in his playbook, so he's going to keep trying pushing for this. It's just generally a very bad time for him. Um, so the Mail on Sunday reported that the Tories seeking to usurp him, there's a plan to overthrow Rishi. They think that there's no way the Tories are going to win if he's in charge. There's probably no way they're going to win anyway, but nonetheless. Um, and so some of the usurpers are planning an advent calendar of shit. I can't believe this. An advent calendar of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Would you not describe your December as an advent calendar of shit? It's just really, it's such a funny thing to say. It just, it's just like every new and different turd on every day. Do you know what I mean? Oh, today it's rabbit shit and then tomorrow it's elephant no, shit. That's we, your job. You, you open the paper like a little door of an advent calendar and it's like, oh, it's shit. <laughs> that's what it is. It feels like something like the British rivers would bring out yeah, <laughs> to yeah, commemorate yeah. water levels. Yes. Very true. It's going to be bad for Rishi regardless. Putting aside this horrible conversation that he has at midday and all the follow-up that will come from it, he's also due at the COVID inquiry this week where he's going to have to justify some of his actions during the, the pandemic, particularly eat out to help out is very controversial. So it's, you know, the, the, the shit calendar is delivering big turds. <laughs> very big turds for Rishi today. OK, I think, should we just really quickly, you've got, um, you had the Gary Lineker headline, Gronje. Um This is uh, just... I feel like we should cover it, that he and Brian Cox and Juliet Stephen and David Morrissey, I think we can say, say loveys. Should we call them loveys? They've all signed uh, an open letter from Together with Refugees criticising uh, the Rwanda policy. And they're saying it should be scrapped. Yeah, it's so weird. Loveys feels like such a, a throwback term. Mm, I feel they like use it all yeah. the time, though, don't they? In the mail, they love loveys, really. 
I love I Gary Lineker has signed it. No word yet on where Wayne stands. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. <laughs> Which considering that he spends I think if his Instagram is correct, about ten months of the year in Ibiza, I uh, his stance on immigration rights, I think, will be possibly quite nuanced. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously um, these actors, Brian Cox, Juliet Stephen, David Morrissey, by signing their name to this letter that was written by this charity, it will it gain a lot more attention. As so, indeed it did. Put a sock in it, Lineker. He's on a collision course! <laughs> now... I'm very sorry about this, but we are going to talk about Nigel Farage. Who, his photo is all over the front pages. He's turned into kind of Princess Kate, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so um, last night was the final episode of this year's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and he came third after Scouse boxer Tony Bellew and the winner, who was a very sweet guy. Ever, he's like ever cheerful, made yeah. in Chelsea bloke, Sam Thompson. He's like a puppy. I was very glad that he won. Anyway, third, which Farage got, is the Matt Hancock position. Mm-hmm. I hate to say position with Matt Hancock, Oof. but it is the Matt Hancock position. A bronze medal for all his effort. Mm-hmm. So, Coco, do you think this I'm a celeb has done anything for Nigel Farage? So I need to start off by saying that I did not watch You didn't really need to. It. I watched it. He was quite boring. He showed his bum. Okay. And he did, he tried to do a bit of like, he did an I'm too sexy bit where he was took his shirt off. Okay. (laughs) And then when some people brought up, um, you know, a little bit uh, about, you know, who he is and what he's done and he batted them back. He was kind of calm and he had made a few dad jokes. Okay, I did see some of those clips where people tried to take him to task on his politics. And mm. I felt like he he tried to distill it always just difference of opinion. Yeah. And that does concern me because I do feel this is more than just a difference of opinion. You know, he, he's been an active player in some very seismic and I would say destructive changes in Britain. Yeah. So it's difficult. Part of me is like, okay, maybe this is him... What's the word I'm looking for? Fun washing yeah. his oh, reputation. Yeah. Fun washing such a good word. But it's so hard to know because there's been so many politicians that have appeared on these shows and it's kind of amounted to nothing. Nadine Dorries was on one. And for Farage, so the, the Reform Party, of which um, Farage is honorary life president yes. of Reform. Um, so their leader is called uh, Richard Tice. He's the leader of Reform. And he has said that he thinks that Farage going on I'm a Celebrity is amazing. He's now got the most remarkable platform. He's not, he's in, she showed he's in touch with the people and the people like him and, and like most politicians in Westminster, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so fine. He's done very well. They're very pleased for him. But there's this weird talk yeah. in the Daily Mail over, over the weekend that some Tories are now deciding that what they should do is get rid of Rishi because Rishi is a disaster and install a, quote, dream team of Nigel Farage, who is not a Tory MP, and... Boris Johnson, who is not a Tory MP. They're losing their minds. Mm. They're completely losing it. So I've just got a couple of thoughts on this. First, what does he mean that going on that show means he's in touch with the people? Do they think poor people eat bugs? (laughs) Second, in order for them to get Boris Johnson back into a position where he could feasibly do this, uh, uh, someone would have to give up their seat in a safe Mm. seat. That's quite, that's quite, imagine you're that person that just steps aside for Bojo. I don't know. I just find that. It's so It's so weird. It's so unlikely. Unless they do a David Cameron play where they make them 
make him a lord. Make yeah. them a lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh I guess the, the the more serious point is that the Conservatives are very alarmed about this party, the Reform Party. They're losing votes to them. So the, the tactic of trying to bring them in-house is one they've tried before. They tend to do that reflecting in policies. So people like, you know, Suella Braverman's appointment was to appease a votership that might ordinarily vote away from the Conservatives. So for people like myself, who are, you know, whatever, progressive, left-wing, whatever we want to call ourselves these days, I think it's alarming because you have to ask yourself, well, I mean, how how much more right can they get in terms of migration? I'd argue we're, we're sort of mm. already there. So what will the other policies be that will become more to the right if this happens? And so, you know, we're looking at privatisation of the NHS. We're talking about, let's just frack, baby. Mm. We're just going to frack all the time. And so I think, you know, we have to also consider our environment and our public services if this play happens. It's so unlikely, though. I mean, it really isn't going to happen. It's, I have to say it's a very particular combination, don't you think? Boris Johnson... Nigel Farage, it's like a really specific kink, don't you think? It's, I just think it's so gross. I just, it's like somebody who's like, like your 90 year old granny talking about how she's definitely going to maybe get a little flat by herself and maybe move back into the centre. My granny was always like, I'm going to move back to Dublin. She was always moving back to Dublin. And the older she got, the more specific her plans were. She was moving back to Dublin. And that's what it reminds me of. I, I get so frustrated when politicians, especially go and I'm a celebrity, because they always say the same thing. They always go, it's a great platform yeah, to yeah, yeah. connect to people who don't normally be interested in politics. They go into the jungle, they get all that money, and then they go, oh, yeah, they never talk about politics, ever. <laughs> They're not going to be like, oh, eating some bugs, talking to somebody from E17 about, you know, <laughs> you know. Rwanda. Rwanda. <laughs> they, they never do. I think it's such, it drives, it's so... Oh, just money grabbing. Yes, yeah, they should just say they're doing it for the money. Yeah, just be honest. But yeah, I just, yeah, I want a house in France. That's why I I'm do here. like the idea of it being a kink, though. Yeah, well, it's a very spe- it's specific. It's not my kink, but no, I just say. But like, <laughs> like I did think like, Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage. It somehow made me think of a really weird... You know, like how when people get divorced now, they have a party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, you know, so you could be in your 50s mm. having a divorce party and the strippers come in <laughs> and it's someone dressed as Boris Johnson and someone dressed as Nigel Farage. You can imagine that happening. You can, you can. I Everyone dressed in sparkles <laughs> while they're taking off their well, clothes. Well, they sort of swashly lean into you and talk about <laughs> regaining powers <laughs> and free ports. Oh, let me talk to you about free ports <laughs> for the next three hours. I mean, I recently learned about the kink, the Findom kink, financial domination. And I think you could argue that those guys do that. Yeah. I mean, they've taken lots of money from us in various ways. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right, maybe. Oh, oh. Are, you, are you feeling hot? I'm feeling hot. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Over the weekend, the papers offered us various celebrity profiles, as they like to do in their Saturday and Sunday supplements. It's a newspaper tradition, the celebrity interview. I have done several myself, and we thought we would have a look and offer you a selection of the best ones from over the weekend. So, Gronya, shall we start 
with your and my favourite, <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> oh, my God. She was in the mail on Saturday. So in case, I mean, if you don't know, really, I mean, why are you listening to this podcast? But Jada is married to Will Smith. Yes. OK. So They haven't split up. They're still married. Apparently so. They don't mm. live in the same house. No. They broke up about six years ago, but they're still married <laughs> yeah, to the end. To her, Bad marriage for life. <laughs> so she had a kind of revelation, didn't she, in this uh, in this interview? Okay, so this is what I find very confusing by Jada Pinkett Smith. There are so many things she, you would imagine, would want to be known for. Her music career, mm. her acting career, her charity work, what she thinks people want to know about and what she will not stop talking about is the state of her marriage to Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and I genuinely feel like all of us are trapped in a never-ending, increasingly bitter, intense marriage counselling yeah. session. Yeah. <laughs> With Jada Smith and Will Smith. Nobody asked. I feel nobody wanted. But every now and then they just release a statement about how they're doing really well, actually. <laughs> That's so funny because there's a quote in that piece where she talks about the Red Table Talk, which was her Facebook Live show. And mm. in that, I think it's where she first mentions that she'd had this entanglement with a much younger man. Yeah. Yeah. And she sort of, there's a line in it, and I'm, I'm not quoting, but she sort of says something like, I was very surprised that people were only talking about that. And you're like, you do live on another planet. You like, for someone who um, but also, doesn't it's like criticism. Yeah, right, exactly. She, of course we were. We were, weren't we? Anyway, she's had a revelation, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, so in this um, interview with the Mail on Saturday, uh, she talked about the infamous slap at the Oscars, mm. which we could talk for about 10 podcast episodes <laughs> and still not get to the bottom of. Um, she said that saved their marriage. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> They've it's split so up, funny. guys. They no longer, they live in different postcodes. Yeah, they live in got... different postcodes. But she she has decided that basically she got the hots for Will because I have a, an awful feeling with Jada Pinkett Smith that she doesn't like Will when he's being happy and he's always happy. Yeah. And so uh, why she married him, I don't know. But like she doesn't like happy Will Smith, but she likes him when he gets a bit dark yeah. and he hit Chris Rock and she went and came overall unnecessary and decided she wanted to be with him for life. She's, she's, yeah, she said that moment of the shit hitting the fan is when you see where you really are. After all those years trying to figure out if I would leave Willside, reader, they no longer live in the same property. <laughs> it took that slap for me to see I will never leave him. Who knows where our relationship would be if that hadn't happened? Well, who knows? <laughs> So, yeah. Would it be separated like you are now, Jada? Yeah, and also she might not have been talking quite so much, I have to say. Anyway, um, there's an, within that uh, interview also, she talks about taking ayahuasca and manages to make it sound really boring. I don't know how she <laughs> manages that. Um, and um, the the interviewer, Michael O'Dell, um, does ask if she's done it with Harry and Meghan, which I quite liked. <laughs> she said no. Oh, I, I googled that afterwards because I thought he might have asked it because they were previously friends or had some dalliance, but they just live near each other. That was it. They live near each other, and Harry said he's experimented with psychedelics, so he assumed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's also another interview, wasn't there, in uh, with the lovely Julianne Moore in the Observer. Oh. So we love Julianne Moore. She's a great actress. Mm. She's you know she seems very sensible, but she did come out with one particular quote. Oh, I just love this. They were talking about how she relaxes and she said, like every woman in the world, I do ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> of course. 
course. Why would you not? Why do you not? You know what? In a way, don't we all do ceramics? <laughs> In a way. <laughs> Even if you don't do ceramics, you do ceramics. Yeah. She says, um, um, if I want to see my friends, but I get tired of having lunch. <laughs> okay. Mm, we all get tired of lunch. Oh, Julianne, same. So this is a way for us to do something normal together and talk. Can we just go through that again? <laughs> She gets tired of having lunch. Okay, I get yeah. that. But basically, she gets tired of having lunch because she wants to keep her weight down. So instead of going for a coffee, this, this is a way of do, us doing something normal together. Maybe she's in love with a ghost. You don't know. <laughs> it's so funny. So I, you just imagine that every Hollywood actress now has got a kind of wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, and yeah. a, a clay ready at all times. You say, In case someone on. pops over. Annie Hathaway is on her way. <laughs> Fire up the kiln. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there's also Brian Adams. So Brian Adams, oh this is a revelation, isn't it? This has made... Uh, we've had a rough year, and I feel like we deserve news like this. Okay, I what just, is the news? Oh, my God. So this kind of... Just bear in mind, when I tell you this, I want you to think of Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard. That okay. same level of a troubled princess being rescued by sort of a rugged working class guy okay. who can love her in a way that other people can't. So it turns out Brian Adams was low-key dating Princess Diana. This is quite big news. It takes a Canadian. Citation needed, man. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> oh. There is a citation. <laughs> okay. His ex-girlfriend, Cecily Thompson, who he went out with in uh, mm. a kind of the... The, the relevant time, so I, thought, I suppose it must be the 90s, she said, ours was about her relationship with Brian. Ours was a stormy relationship and Brian's affair with Diana didn't make it any easier. I mean, I am sorry, shame on that woman. Mm. Shame on that woman. If my husband had, like, God rest her soul, if he had said to me, sorry, I'm... Princess Diana needs me. I will be like run like the wind. She is a ghost now, so yeah. he, could be, he could be doing it now. I would be. I mean, I would. Any person should step aside for Princess Diana to get a, a flicker of joy in her dark, dark world. In the Mail on Sunday, I feel like we should mention David Hay and his ever-changing thruple. This is just absolutely joyous. So David Hay, who's a boxer, I believe. Yeah, ex-boxer. So he was in a throuple we all remember with, uh, so his long-term girlfriend, Sean Osborne, and then he was briefly invited into the throuple, uh, the Saturdays, Una Healy. Mm. Now, Una said she was really embarrassed. It was a midlife crisis and she kind of wasn't, I think maybe she, it seemed like she was a bit confused she didn't realise she was in a throuple before it was too late. Yeah. That's the way she talks about it. So Una Healy, she was the original. It's a bit like the Sugar Babes, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Una Healy was the original third of the throuple. Yeah. And they went away on a holiday to Central America together. They're having a great time. And then Una iconically heard this track, The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Mm. And she took that as a sign that this was not a good place for her. She wasn't going to be... Fighting over some boy, she exited the throuple. She did. So then we've recently found out they've got a new member, apparently Helen Flanagan. Yes. Now, if you don't remember Helen Flanagan, she was in, um, what was she in? Coronation, Coronation Street. Street. She's really beautiful with mad eyes. Mm -hmm. And she was also on I'm a Celebrity with David Hay. Right. That's the connection. Oh, maybe that will be the Farage legacy. He'll be in the throuple. Oh. <laughs> this would be amazing. Oh. It would change the dynamic. <laughs> Definitely Maybe changed the dynamic. there's a union he does want to be part of. <laughs> <Yeah. at all. laughs> oh, God. 
Gott. Now, here at Papercuts, headlines are our happiness. We like them funny and punny, snappy and short. We want some wordplay, a pop reference, and preferably an actual story as well. Yes, we are fussy. And Mondays are when we choose the winner of our Fix the Headline competition. Each week, we search out a brilliant story with a boring headline, and we ask you, the Papercuts listeners, to think up a better one. On Friday, we gave you a story from The Star where a great white shark warning supposedly for New Zealand residents was actually set off in Scotland, a mere 12,000 miles away. The star's headline, Fright Shark, which is not very good at all. We knew you could do better, and you did. On Twitter, Matthew Griffiths gave us Bright Sparks Shark Lark. There you go, that was quite hard for me to say. George Waitman gave us No Fin to Fear, which is pretty good. And John Penny tried the very festive Shark, the Erid Warnings Dim. (laughs) That's so laboured. On threads, Wuwa had two goes with Highland Ping and Mm McJaws. But the winner is Josiah Mortimer with McStaken Identity Fishy. Josiah, you apologise immediately for this entry, but we loved it. <laughs> Send us your address and T-shirt size and you can wear your paper cut T-shirt <laughs> to swank about at every Christmas party you're invited to. And what about today? Are there any great examples of the headline writer's art? What do you have, Grunya? Well, the sun is just having a, a day. OK. They've got absolute, They've got an advent calendar of treats for us. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, covered the very exciting news that Kanye West is starting a news channel. Headline what? is, yeah, get ready. Yeah. Headline is BB Yee News. Yes. Yay. Short <laughs> yes. and sweet, we like it. That's quite scary though, isn't it? <laughs> Just the concept yeah, of the Kanye. Yeah, yeah. Even though I was setting it up as like, this is a jaunty story. <laughs> Um, then they also have a very interesting story but that um, a lock of the king's hair is up for sale and it's a snip at £10,000. Headline, Crown of Shorns. That's bad. I don't, it's kind, no, it's yeah. good, but it's like bad. I don't want to know about his hair and £10,000. OK. Right, on to Coco, me Coco, what do you have? So... Where are you? We're in the sun again. Still in the sun. Yes, they are on fire at the moment. So one of these stories is that a fish and chip shop is getting in the festive spirit and one of the things they've created is a Brussels sprout in chip batter or fish and chip batter, should I say. And the headline is, Oh Come Oily Faithful. Uh, okay, that's quite good. Yeah, yep, very yep. good. And then okay. we've got a Russian TV channel has made a gaffe by broadcasting an appeal to spy for Britain. So they definitely should not have been recruiting in this way or not letting us see it at least. And the headline is a telly license to kill. Oh, that's great. I like that. That's very What good. I like about it is that it, it, it actually explains the story. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you don't laugh, but you feel knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Now, in the Times 2 section, there's a fun story, and it's a festive story, from Charlie Gowans Eglinton about how to survive the office party. So, Gronje, what are Charlie's tips? It's quite a sweet story, this one, I have to say, because I was a a bit sniffy about it before I read it, because I was like, "Mm, office party one. You know, we've done it before, but it's good. What I like about it is sometimes either, the especially sort of newspapers like the 
the times. They either go two extremes. Either it's like, why parties are a nightmare and I just prefer listening to podcasts at home <laughs> and that makes me a better person. Or it goes the other way where it's like, what's the best Botox to have for the Christmas season? <laughs> That's actually that. Can I just say that that feature is in the mail? <laughs> it's, it's literally in the mail. There is a feature that says, these are the tweakments you can wow. fit in oh before Christmas. God. And there's about five of them, including acid peels, Botox. Oh, wow. It's all sorts. It's, it's scary. It's really scary. So either it's joyless, but at both ends of yeah. the spectrum. Whereas this one, I think, is very fun, uh, silly, and actually gives some very good advice. Some of her top tips are invite randomers. Which I think is good. Just invite somebody that you... I mean, obviously not just completely random people, but if you invite somebody who's a friend of a friend, and then that's the point of a party, isn't it? You just don't don't always invite couples or people who know each other. That's much better. Or like if you just... If everybody works together or Mm. works in the same field, it gets so tedious. So invite Mm. random people. I know what uh, advice she gives. Have a bloody snog. Have a little kissy. And she's got this kind of really great approach to it, hasn't she? Because she's got a very particular technique. Yes. So as um, a comparison to her guide to getting snogs at a Christmas party, she compares it to um, when she goes on net-a-porty, she puts outfits she likes in the wish list throughout the season. So if and when they're reduced, she knows and she can just swipe in and get them. Mm. So just invite loads of people that you have fancy they're at the party everybody's in a festive mood you've had a few drinks you're feeling fabulous go for it yeah go for your basket (laughs) and crucially when she says about this list she makes the wise point that it should be a mental wish because otherwise a physical wish list is HR isn't it yeah, Can that you imagine is. that list of your colleagues being like, Simon from accounts? Maybe. <laughs> oh, God. But also what she's saying is that don't put somebody in that basket if you're not that keen. You know, you know, you make you make your mental list, and then if you do your random yeah. snog, it's all right. They're in the basket. You're not just buying a sale item that you weren't. You know, you're only interested in because it's got like fifty quid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she also advises. Um, people to wear a micro mini Mm -hmm. if you want to just get dressed up wear something glamorous put the sparkly dress on it's Christmas just you know Go for it. Yeah, I do quite like that. I went to um, the Jingle Bell Ball last night and uh, that is a a kind of, it's like a smash hit pole winners party of lots and lots of different pop acts Mm -hmm. in the O2 and take that. Well, we're the headliners. And I have to say, the amount of middle-aged women in black sequins was unbelievable. Fabulous. I mean, everywhere you moved, the gleam, the gleam, <laughs> I was like, I was bedazzled. And they were absolutely in their best outfits, having their best time. Listen, they've reached their Liza Minnelli prime. Yeah, <laughs> they have. They should be swathed in sequins at all times. There's also in the star, there's a little bit about office parties too. And it says this, it's a bit glum, I have to say. Sorry, everyone. Grumpy Brits would rather watch paint dry than go to the office Christmas party. A candy crush poll. Is it the game? Yeah, the game. So they're obviously saying, like, you need to stay home and play Candy Crush. But anyway, they did a poll of 2,000 workers and they found that 35% would prefer to do nothing, even stare at a newly painted wall rather than go to the the actual office do. And just 6% said they were actually looking forward to the annual office bash. That is so Candy Crush, though, isn't it? It's like, just don't talk to anyone. Stand in a corner and play Candy Crush. But this is, I want to make a partially political broadcast, actually. This is something I feel very passionate. (laughs) 
Okay, Gwyneth. I feel like, so lockdown has got made people lazy. Lockdown has made people lazy. People think it's appropriate to go to a party, not make any effort with the chat. And you know what their excuse is? They go, oh, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. Mm. You know we're all shy. Some of us make an effort. There's no such thing as shyness, laziness. So if you're in an office party, just bloody get out there. You don't have to stay all night. Go for two hours and just ask people questions. And you can't. <laughs> Introverts do not exist at Christmas parties. I completely agree. Put on your tans- put on your tinsel kind of like yeah. headband and go and chat to someone you're not sure about. Yeah. That's the deal. I have to say also on the other side of that, there is Simon Mills. Simon Mills is a, like a friend of our, our podcast. We love his features. And he does have his own tips. And the best one, I feel, is that one. Have a look at that, Coco. Right, OK. So I'm just going to read it verbatim. To paraphrase the actress and aristocrat Diane Cooper, the best menu for successful Christmas party is too much to drink in a big pudding. When the turkey is gobbled, it's time to table hop and seat surf, glass in hand, paper hat on head. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Too much to drink and a big pudding. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Coco. Thank you. I really enjoyed myself. (laughs) And thanks to Gronje. Thank you. (laughs) I'm practising my office flirting for the party. Did you smile with your eyes? (laughs) I'm smizing right now. I feel it. I feel it. And there's just time to mention our fabulous supporters club. Yes, friends, if you can't get enough of Paper Cuts, then why not chuck us a few quid every month and you can not only enjoy ad-free episodes, but also a special secret extra bit at the end of each show. Plus, you'll get that warm and fluffy feeling that comes with pretending you're doing a good deed when you're actually just going out of your way to enhance your own life and why not just follow the links in the show notes to find out more and all our supporters get a shout out on the show Gronya, who do you have i want to say hello happy christmas and i like your tinsel antlers adam dalby what about you coco i'm giving a little shout out to carolyn mcgill to let her know that the christmas jumper is just your shade and i would like to say Thank you very much. Happy Christmas to Daniel Hurd, but that sherry is mine. <laughs> I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the Metro tells us that a DJ caused outrage at a football match by blasting out Wham's Last Christmas into the stadium. 7,000 fans <laughs> of Portsmouth FC in Northampton Town were furious because it ruined their Whamageddon efforts to not hear the song before Christmas Eve and not because it's actually a very poignant and beautiful ode to a broken heart. Mm. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Papercuts was presented by the marvellous Miranda Sawyer, the incomparable Coco Khan, and the grand Grania Maguire. The group editor was the amazing Andrew... Ha- no, if I do that for everybody, it's going to take bloody ages. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boytoff. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis. And the producers were Adam Wright and me, Alex Reese. Socials by Jess Harpin and Mike Bollen. Art direction by Modern Toss and James Parrott. 
Music by Simon Williams. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>